What is up? We are back for another episode of Unboxing the Hobby and going a different direction this time. We've got, I think a lot of our friends are typically in sports cards. And I'm really excited for this episode because we're actually bringing somebody in who's just like front and center in the non-sports world. PSA Poppy, what is up, man? What's up? What's up, guys? PSA Poppy, how's it going? (laughs) You also have the most fun in the hobby. I realize like, I think you were known as having the most fun in the hobby. I, I like to have fun, man. I think that's w- when I first started doing content creating with my other platform. It was I started off as King Poppy, um, so it kind of translated over well. A lot of my family's my, my dad's side's from Colombia, so Argentina, so that's where my background. They always call me Poppy growing up, so it was kind of a nickname, and it kind of stuck with me. So uh, that's kind of how I got that. But um, I do like to have fun, man. I love this side of the hobby and exemplifying other things. You know, the news understand them and i see you mac too you do a lot of funny fun content as well i know you do some of the new stuff too but i, love I just try to keep up with adrian man stock's got <laughs> it stock is the one that is like blazing the charge and like the funny witty reels all, all, all i care about is making people laugh <laughs> yeah 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 but, yeah yeah tcg in the house for sure today we're we're excited about this man because you know it's uh i always feel like it's it's always this hobby's always split down the middle. It's either like you sports cards or your or your TCG. Occasionally you sprinkle in some some other Marvel and things like yeah. that. But it, I, I'm really interested to hear your story, man, and how this uh, how this all began. Because on I look back, man, and July 25th, 2021 was your first Instagram post. Yeah. So uh, what uh what got you there, man? Well, where where'd you where, what what brought you to to Instagram with all this Pokemon? So it started off. It's funny. Uh, I've always been doing eBay for a long time. I, me and my dad, my dad was like the first one on eBay when he first started eBay Motors when they finally came out, like 04, 05. My dad was no a, uh, he used to work for Microsoft, IBM, early tech industry. So he does a lot of IT and stuff like that. Um, so eBay was kind of the first intro to collectibles on top of already collecting Pokemon back in the day, watching the shows as a kid. Um, and that's kind of how I got started. But to get started from now, 2021, it was about 2020, 2021. COVID hit. I think it's a kind of similar story for a lot of people as well. I really focused more on my eBay side of things because I am a photographer. So I've been doing photography, videography for years, um, shooting weddings, models, birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, everything in between. Um, And so it kind of translated over well to do content as well as doing my collectible stuff. So I started doing little TikToks because people back in the day, and that's when I got onto crypto and NFTs and things of that nature. So collecting was kind of always a fun thing for me, but it was always just a hobby. Never thought I'm like, yeah, you can't really make anything out of this until one day, you know, I started doing it. And then me and Dr. Collectible, we've been friends for a long time as well before we started doing this whole collectible thing. So me, him and another friend, Doc Bando, we've all been doing this kind of similar sports and Pokemon NFTs crypto. I got them into the sports crypto kind of thing. And then um, we just started, we went to our first convention culture collision. And before then we were always just like, we, we would go and, and like I said, collect and do these things, but it wasn't until culture collision when it was like, all right, we're actually making this something. We're shooting our first vlog here. You know, I already had the cameras and things to do stuff with audio equipment. So we shot our first vlog went and did a show and then after that it kind of just like all right we need to keep doing it but it wasn't my first year of doing it I still wasn't that that's why I commend Dr. Collectible because he kept going man he kept going with it and I still was working and doing other things because I was like I need money I got to create and I never could put that front foot forward and it was just showing off cards and until I got to doing little skits and stuff and then 
I would take my content down because I'm like, oh, this looks corny, cheesy. They're going to jock me online. Like, I don't know if I should post this. This looks, you know, until I'm like, you know what? Just express yourself. And I think that'll be a fun. That's the most fun part of the hobbies. Being to I still yourself. regularly walk up to my fiance and say, will you, will you look at this real, real quick? Is this, <laughs> is this corny? Is this fun? I actually did it. I think this morning. No, think about it. <laughs> but yeah. so that, that to me is what, what really makes you stand out. I know tons of people talk about it is how, but you just like put yourself out there and it's very just, you know, there's, there's no, you, you don't, you don't have any sense of like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I might be insecure about this or anything like that. But when did that happen? So when did, when did you go from taking those reels down? Cause you were worried about it being a little corny or whatnot, but to being like, no, 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 this is who I am. This is how it goes. What, what, what clicked? Um, I think it was just wanting to spread love, joy and positivity, no matter what. And then, also learning, building the community, learning how much the hobby actually has a lot of love. Like, I've, again, I've done content creating in other communities. Didn't go over so well because people are harsh and that harsh comments and the harsh. It, I didn't have that as much in the hobby at first. It came kind of later with the with the oh, we see Poppy here. We see Poppy there. He's doing this. He's with this person. He's with that. Poppy's what, everywhere. Why does he why does he get this? And it's like, no, I just I take the opportunities and I make the strides. I take myself out of my comfort zone. And I get in front of these people and I talk to these people and I try to make these brand deals, sponsorships, mergers. And a lot of the stuff just comes from straight love for me. Just I love doing this now. This is something I don't care to make a bunch of money off of this. I don't care to have a bunch of clout. It comes naturally with it, but it's the genuine people I get to meet. It's the kids of the hobby I get to meet, the families. That's what makes me keep going, man, honestly. For sure. And it shows. It just, it really, really shows, you know? And then with that like i know you said that you and dr collectible we who we've uh we've had a, a we've been lucky enough to have him on the pod here is yeah he's great you guys met beforehand how how did that happen was it just did you guys grow up in the same area did you guys live in the same area how'd that go so his best friend that i knew coming out of high school uh doc bando me and him were i met him through another mutual friend in atlanta we were just it was kind of mutual friends like we all just in the same area so we met each other and then from there, me and him, we had a long, maybe like seven, eight year relationship before. Maybe not that long. Maybe not that long. Maybe about four or five years. And then I met, ended up meeting Dr. Collectible. And from there, we just always would hang out. We'd go, you know, he's, he also DJed with me because we do weddings. He also used to do DJing. So we used to collaborate on that with business efforts. We always just always, you know, we, we shot a few podcast episodes in the past, uh, but we were always just kind of on that. And he does a lot of acting and he's a really good guy. Uh, blew up on YouTube a long time ago from his dance videos, but uh, he's a, uh, yeah. So I met him through mutual friend and then they're from St. Louis. So yeah. again, just a really good family feel with them. They're really good guys. So really easy to click with. Yeah. It's really, really good people, you know? Mm-hmm. And then Mac, you said that you got, you and, uh, and Poppy met at the national in person, yeah. right? Yeah. So yep. it was, it was a funny, so I didn't really know doc before national other than like, back and forth on Instagram a little bit. Yeah. And I had reached out like, Hey man, let's like, let's collaborate while we're here. And then like, I, I meet up with him and he's with Poppy and Bando yeah. and Denny. And so it ends up then like <laughs> our crew is just like running around everywhere at the national together, and, which is the most exhausting thing trying to keep up. with uh-huh. talk. But yeah. you know, yeah. everywhere, just like constant content opportunity after opportunity, just like in, in such awesome conversations and Poppy kudos to you. We were actually talking about you the other day. Cause the reel you did of a non-sports person in a circle of other sports people like talking basketball, that was an incredible reel, by the way. If you haven't checked it out, make sure to, to look at it. But um, it was it was just an awesome, and to your point, the hobby is just, and you are a great example of this, 
so welcoming. You all just like let me come hang out with y'all, like follow you around. You know, we were filming content together. It was just so super appreciative of everything, man. Yeah, and I I feel like personally, like I don't care what you look like, what your background, and I guess me being a mixed, and even just uh, Doctor Collective and all, we don't really have those type of stereotypes most people have and even the hobby itself i feel like it's just that welcoming like that but at the end of the day we just don't have that bias i'm like we all love collecting cars what's the you know we all put our pants leg up one one strap at a day and we're going at it like we're going forward so meeting you you are just a cool guy you know what i mean i love mac max my guy like every time i see him love watching your content too man love to see the things that you're doing and even the podcast now i'm so proud of you and happy for you like it's that's what it should be about is exemplifying each other and uplifting not tearing people down or wondering why I don't have a deal with this brand or this company or wondering why we just helping grow and expand more and more. And it, it's a lot because we're all doing so much stuff, but that's why I love going to shows like the national, especially coming out of my comfort zone with the whole Pokemon thing, you know, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it, it was so refreshing to meet all these sports people that didn't. Cause I was like, man, they're going to eat me alive. If I don't know how many free shots Kobe shot in his career, like I, I you know, I don't know all this stuff, but I watch sports. My little brother, man, he's, I'm trying to get him more into the sports side of the hobby because he plays football. He plays more baseball. He loves sports. He knows all the stats. He knows all the players. He knows all the, he knows more, like way more than I do. Like he follows it every sport. He loves it. So. It's really funny to me how that works out. So you were just saying like, oh, you know, I'm going to the national of Pokemon. Like they're going to eat me alive. But on the flip side of that, like I, I mostly do sports uh, card collecting. So when I was ripping, when I was knew I was going to rip into the new uh, Scarlet Violet 151, I, I was already like, well, I want to do it live, but I'm kind of nervous because I don't know what I'm talking about and all this stuff. So on the flip, yeah, exactly. There it is. Just for, just for context. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, but so just like you felt on that side, like we all guaranteed feel the same way on the Pokemon yep, on side the, of yep, like, yep. Yeah, it works like, man, I don't know if this is good. Like, what am I? I'm, I'm saying this is a nice looking card. And people are like, that's a dumb looking card. You know, exactly. I have no idea, you know, and I think uh, me and Doc going to Culture Collision was a really good thing because you saw sneakers. You saw uh, Funko Pops, toys, designer toys, clothing brands, uh, sports cards, Pokemon, TCGs. Culture Collision was a great intro to that. So when he came to Collecticon with me and it's majority Pokemon, other TCGs. He blended right in. People showed him just the amount of love, and he doesn't know all. He knows, you know, he knows the basis. You know, everybody knows Charizard's the OG. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows Gengar. You know, you know the AV. You know those. You may not know every character. And I, I explained this yesterday on uh, the Chase podcast because people were like, "How do you know which characters?" It's like it's the the one fifty one, the original. The same thing to Michael Jordan and Kobe. They're always going to be set in stone. Shotei Otani, like in stone. Like doesn't matter. Where you go, even if the card's one of the least, you know, it's going to still be desirable among collectors because that's what people love to see is their their OG heroes. Yeah, I, I, I it's, it's it's crazy how the, the world has gone. But uh, we were talk, chatting a little bit before it started. But like, so I used to work at KB Toys when I was 15, 16 oh, wow. years old. So that's yeah. when like Pokemon first came out, mm-hmm. aging myself a little bit. It was first edition stuff, all the Game Boy yep, games, I remember, stuff yep. like that, you know? So were you always, like, was Pokemon, like, your first introduction to this this whole world? Yes. I started uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. It was me and my brother. We had the original Game Boy. So that was kind of like, watched the show, uh, collected all the cards. We actually played the game with each other. We would go to these t- stores and started learning that. Then we got into Yu-Gi-Oh! Because, again, we watched the cartoons, you know, WB Kids, where we watched all the old static shock and all the old school cartoons and stuff like that. So um, for that, that was my kind of thing, you know, and I played sports as a kid, 
my brother took that into leap and played, uh, you know, college, played in uh, high school uh, football and stuff. I, I guess in middle school, you know, I still played sports, but I was never really fully engaged on watching. We'd watch Super Bowls. I have my teams. I love the Dolphins. I love Miami Heat. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just was never – there's kids at school would always talk about and I was just like, but I like Pokemon. Like, I know a lot about these guys and the Yu-Gi-Oh's and the other TCGs and the anime, and that's kind of like where my side of it was. But, you know, I love sports and I love watching. UFC is probably one of my top sports to watch that I could actively watch and look at. That's real funny. That's real funny to be like, UFC. I'm really into Pokemon, and my top sport is is guys beating the hell out yeah, of yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, bro. That's I used to practice UFC too with some. Yeah, I it was. I love that sport. I, I think that's really interesting too because I I also feel like when we talk about collecting, I think a lot of us have views that people are very much like in this lane or that lane, and I I don't know how much that is the case because I think about even the three people on here. I mean, I dabble in Marvel. I dabble in some other yeah, things outside yeah. of basketball and soccer. So it's I think we all kind of do that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Like, I, I think that's the great thing about the hobby is you kind of unearth all these things that like will slowly bring you back to your childhood. And you're like, oh, maybe I want to collect these now, you know, yeah. so it's, it's interesting. So with you, so with your love of Pokemon, now there's been the newest drop lately from Disney. So you got Lorcana. Yeah, like, so do you do you enjoy that? Or do you see that more as like, a, oh, these guys are trying to get in on the TCG game? Oh. Like, what are your thoughts on it? I think, I mean, it's just another TCG like any other. It's Disney. They have the biggest IP brands. I just think people will always, like, I don't know. I'm always going to love a shiny Mew. I love Disney for a different reason. Like, I love Disney for the nostalgia they bring, but I'm not. There are diehard Disney fans. Don't get me wrong. And I'm pretty sure everybody, Disney touches everybody. But We all grew up with it. We all grew up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be another addition to the hobby. I don't think it's going to, like, knock Pokemon out the sky and everybody's going to stop collecting Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, I Wait, think it's does, cool so does the Pokemon crowd see Lorcana as being a competitive thing? Like, a, it, are we like, oh no, it's like rival gangs, like East West, nah. or is this? <laughs> this is all the TCG because people like because you know, imagine people collect One Piece. There's Naruto. There's all these other animes that most people don't even really, you know, really flock to in, in the way of the car world. And people are starting to open their eyes to those TCGs now. So the anime and people that like anime, I think that'll always. You can't really kill that community. You have to wipe out all of anime to do that. And Disney just, unless Disney just came up with some crazy animation in the next. But again, like I said, it's just maybe if our generation pass and maybe on, 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 maybe, uh, maybe, maybe. Because everybody now is like 90s babies that enjoyed this as a kid got to middle school and it's like you can't like pokemon that's lame that's for babies and now it is like- kind of what happened i feel like there was like a little bit of like uh you know hating on yeah. it as you kind of got yeah. in the middle school uh-huh. age yeah because sports and stuff it was like sports is always i mean you, you can't hate on sports like everybody can agree with sports like pokemon is kind of like you like these little characters and stuff or even anime now i see all these people that used to even jock on me like my uh brother's friend he used to man animes for and now he's watching he's like bro why didn't i watch this before i love this like the card the anime it just uh, it's all bias i also think you're seeing what's the nfl player who prefers who loves anime he's very outspoken about it he like i was watching a video earlier actually this morning and i think he plays for the jets maybe i can't remember there's a there's a NFL players like very outspoken. Oh no no that. no! You're uh, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is a huge Jamal Pokemon. Williams. He's a running yeah. back for yeah. the Saints. He's a huge Pokemon. He'll only sign if you give him something Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. I, which, but I think this is just showing how much you know. I think the lines are blurring. It's not quite as polarizing as maybe growing up we felt like it was. Exactly. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, I think that like 
so like poppy's like in general i think it encapsulates it. it's like one of these things where as a kid and especially in like the 90s for some reason like you said you have this like negative connotation to collecting uh like pokemon or liking anime or doing something like that and then as we got older and all realized like okay i'm an adult i can like whatever i like and i have exactly. i can meet these people so it's a is it's interesting how that shift happens and people tend to like it and i think that everything that you do on social media poppy just like encapsulates that in one like you're like this is me this is who i am i don't care like i will i will i will gravitate towards the people that enjoy this and everyone else can just stay in their lane and do their thing which i think is very is really great i'll put it like this i met this guy at the con sorry mac I, no, I, met this guy at, I met this guy at the con. His name is Big Bag Fins on Instagram, TikTok. He's called the Pokey Gangster. That's what he calls himself. He comes in as like this big, you know, tall black guy. Just but, but he's like the most kindest, sweetest person. You know, he has this whole story. And he tells a story about how he was in prison. He got in prison, doing all this bad stuff, going in, in the streets and all that. And now he's like making fun content in his hood, in his streets. With Pokemon, he'd be like, there was one skit they did, and it was like, oh, they thought they were rolling dice. And it's like, we're playing Pokemon. You think Pokemon's lame? Get out. You know what I mean? But pushing that narrative of like, it's not lame to like these things. It's not lame to just step outside of what you believe in and fall for what stand for what you believe in. And that's cool. Like, it's, it's better than being a loser, you know, being on that side. You Just being accepting of other people for what they like. Yeah. I, I I think so. I think that's the biggest thing that we've seen that I love about the hobby is we some people get kind of stuck in the whole like negativity that happens with certain things in the hobby. But there's like you said earlier, and I totally agree with you. There's so much love in the hobby and so much like acceptance. Like if you just keep focused on that, you'll never have to worry about the the negativity on a daily basis. Like I see some people having to deal with. Yeah. And I, I, what I'll say is I'll say it like this. I forget who says the saying, but you can either live in a world full of love and positivity and acceptance and and growth. And because there are two sides of the coin everywhere you go, or you can choose to live in a world full of hate and negativity. And so, of course, there's bad things that are going on every day. There's bad things that happen to us, but you choose to just shift the focus over here and like, you know, the stuff going on in Maui, the wild, all the stuff going on in the world right now, you can either focus and choose to like live in that narrative and, or we can focus on solution. And we say, we see the problem. Let's start working on something that's going to, instead of just talking about it and let's be about it. Let's, let's choose to be in this positive love and light. Well, I think that's where like kudos to you, man. I, I would, we're kind of joking at the beginning, but I, I still stand by it. I, I don't know if there's anyone that has as much fun creating content as you do. And I think all of your videos, you have this like infectious you know, humor about you and personality that I think people just like want to be in your videos, the way you like hop in and you have like a stuffed animal, you shove in their face for it. Like, I, I think it's, it's all on brand, but I think it's incredibly, um, like I said, infectious. And I think people just are really drawn to you and your brand and your content. Yeah. And I just, I kind of, like I said, I really think outside of the box. I see so many great, like even beyond the hobby, there's so many great influencers are doing these crazy videos, crazy reels. And I'm just trying to kind of figure out my own lane. So I, I like people might and people might say I might ask for ideas of, of like, you know, you think it's a good idea. And they're like, I don't think you should do that. And I'm like, well, try it once. Okay, it won't hurt. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then just try something else. That's true. And that's and this is the first time that we've had any type of like like semi face to face interactions. So the sincerity is 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 so genuine, which is what really comes through on it all. Uh, but, so we're like how much fun that you're having on on social media and whatnot has that has this always been your personality or did it yeah like grow into this as you as you did this type of pokemon stuff on on instagram 
I was at a young age, I was very shy, very unspoken, you know, um, and that came also in middle school from being bullied as well to just not learning how to get my voice out there, how to become myself and family, a lot, a lot, a lot of family stuff too. just being mixed race from two different sides, black, Spanish, white, having that kind of dynamic is just interesting what your own family speaks of you in the light of on, on all sides. So having a lot of that downing, downing. But I'll say it like this, too. Having a very spiritual mother and having God in my life actually helps explore a lot of things that I the fears and doubts and worries that I'd normally have as a person has kind of expelled a lot of that and expunged that as well. And having a mom and dad that always pushed me to do more and wanting me to do more. And finally, one day, I can't even tell you, maybe it was ninth grade. Actually, I'll tell you, ninth grade is when I really stepped out of my shell and I moved from Florida to Atlanta. So it was a whole new feel again back in Georgia and people were accepting in my school and it was just I for the first time I was kind of like the popular kid I was dating one of the head cheerleaders and you know what I mean so I had a lot of friends and just different diversities because I was like for me I was friends with the nerds the jocks the geeks the out everybody I go down hey what's up Trent what's up didn't matter who you were if you were the lame kid in school I was your friend because at the end of the day I don't see any of that stuff like I don't want to see any of that stuff because we're all just humans. I don't know. I understand why we have these biases and I understand this is generations and years and millennia of cultures and things that people, but I, I learned to like detach from that ego and detach from that self so that I can accept everybody for who they are and just love them and show that love. And then eventually it just reciprocates itself. You know, and I, think so it, I think it really comes through in your content. I really do. It, it, Cause it's, you have this, like uh, this, like wave of authenticity that just comes off of you. And I think you see it and you can feel it in people's content. If you feel like they're maybe being fake or inauthentic. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that in itself is kind of like you, you really are working with like what I always have lived by before in my adult life anyways, where you get to create your, you create your own narrative. So like you, you could move yourself forward. So you could have taken that earlier point in your life where you said it was harder bullied and just become this extremely negative person and lived in that world. But instead you, you know, dusted yourself off, lifted yourself up through help for, you know, your family and your loved ones. And it's, it's, it's great, man. This is, uh, this is what I believe the hobby should, should, and will be moving forward. Especially I see it in a lot of the, I don't know if you say younger you yes. work kids, the young they're more kids. inclusive, yes. like now than we man, ever were my brother, diver- like such a diverse group of friends, diverse group. Of, like, it's just, I don't know. I think they're people, cause I think people are just waking up to the truth and a lot of the lies and stuff, the narratives we've been taught as kids from all these structures and systems and it's like we don't really need all this stuff from tech we don't really need all this stuff from pharma like we really need to get back to the root of being back with family again like and that's why i was in atlanta and i was like i moved back to michigan because i'm like i'm looking around and it's like every weekend they want to do the same thing go to party go to church go to party go to church go do this go to an event and it's like but there's no authentic relating with that. There's not. And I'm like, I'm watching my little brother grow up from afar. I'm watching my family do it. And I'm like, why are we? I, I, it made me wake up and I'm like, why are we living? Why when we're 18? Why is it the narrative to push out the house? And I see these other cultures from other races because I do a lot of Indian weddings. I do a lot of uh, uh, Asian Oriental weddings and stuff like that. So I see all these diversity. And then I'm like, I go to their house and it's like grandma's there, auntie's there, mom's there. And I'm like, this is like, at first I'm like, this is kind of weird. But then I'm like, actually it makes sense you save money everybody can pour back into the house and when you're married they buy the next house over or they buy somewhere close and they build their own community it's about that part 
And we as Americans lose that. And they want us when you're 18, go join the military, do this and go to college, leave your mom's house, get out the house, get out the house. And it's like, we should be staying in the house for, and then build the generational wealth. Cause that's how even them old school American farmers, that's how they built. They built big families. They own large crops of acres. And yeah, what happened to that? Yeah, it's, it's funny, but I, I do see it. And I'm glad you said that too. I do see it in this younger generation. I have two small children, so they're not quite there yet. One's two, yeah. one's eight months. But, oh, wow. Beautiful. But just like being around other kids that are in in the vicinity of him, whatever he's doing in school is crazy the the inclusion that's happening and like how many more parents are into this thing of like like I tell my son it's okay to cry it's okay to to do all these things that you were told as a young child as a boy that you shouldn't do like listen I hope I played sports I hope my son plays sports but if he doesn't do whatever you want you want to you want to be an artist you want to be a singer you want to be a dancer whatever so I feel like more of these kids are growing up with that mindset now which is which is very nice 100% yeah um so look, back to Pokemon. So this is interesting. I was talking to someone the other day and they were telling me uh, that like there were, they loved Pokemon for a while. And then like the print run started getting just nuts. So they looked at it more of like a, from a collector standpoint of like, I want to collect these things, but I'm collecting something now that there's so many versions of a single card. How do you feel about that being because you're very much into this and very much into collecting. So does that does that bother you? Is there a, a silver lining to it for you? No, I think because of what Pokemon is, it's it's a cater to players and collectors because there's a huge TCG, the VGC, which is the video game side of things. Um, so it's a little hard to cater to both. I was talking about this again. Uh, we do. I, I would like to see a numbered set. I'd like to see some numbered cards in Pokemon, at least one set where it's just for collectors. We have a lot of this, again, for the players. Um, I don't really see, because at the end of the day, what happens with these sets is people, these common cards that nobody wants and all the bulk, and people are like, ah, oh, I don't want these. I look at some of the bulk that I have from, uh, let's see, let me pull out a card right here. This Blazik, <laughs> let's, for example, this Blaziken right here, Reverse sure. Hollow. Not a lot of people have this card. Why? Because it was a hard chase pool, but also a lot of people didn't keep these sets because, oh, I don't want this card. The reverses are typically the, they want the, the hollows inside, the, the hollow foils inside are the, the typically. These now are worth more than the regular hollows because the print is gone. There's not a lot of people that have these cards. So what I say is hold the collection. Tag teams just got a new boost in it, evolving skies, because people come back later. They're like, man, that art is so crazy. I love that art. Oh, wait. There's only like 400 of these cards or like not that many listings online. How can I, then the price goes up. So I tell people just keep master sets, keep master sets of every set of Pokemon you can grab. There's cards that, like this card, I think was comping for a raw, maybe like, and it, that's the other thing too. Pokemon's not a super, until you get them graded, because that's where the population comes in is low pop cards and things like that. That was my question is it sounds like pops really don't come into play until you get into grading. Like, yes. Not, okay. Yeah. We don't know of, of a lot of the cards, sets, and series of how many people have, unless it's like the higher end. You know, you that's when you go to the tournaments, the Pokemon TCG tournaments, you get those trophy cards, the promo cards from that. Promo cards in general, kind of where you find that, like the Yokohama uh, ones that just happened. There was a TCG tournament, the Worldwide National in Japan uh, two sure. months ago. And so the Yokohama Japan Pikachus have really sought after. Everybody's looking for them. You can only get them at their... So those I I know right now, I think they're like five, six hundred dollars graded PSA 10. They're like two, three grand. Wow. So, you know, but that's how you get into Pokemon. Because I look at sports. I'm like, 
a hobby box already costs like five, seven grand. I'm, yeah. I didn't even know when I first got into box breaking and learning that aspect of it. I'm like, I see why people spend four or $500 for a spot to get this player. And out of that box, you're, you're hitting us a $10,000 banger. So it's a little bit different in the way the sports versus Pokemon. People love the cards. Um, so sometimes they're willing to shell out even more for them. And willing and dealing at shows is a little bit different because you want to, comp, especially when you have a booth and you're a vendor, you comp people a little bit lower to get that price to go online and sell it later because you're taking the time. That card may not sell. I have some slabs that just don't sell for a while. Same thing sure. probably in sports too, you know? Always. But so, that, so that's my question to you. So you mentioned the the Japanese market. I yeah. noticed like when I just was looking through stuff recently, there's always a higher, there seems to be a higher price tag for these yes. cards that are from the Japanese market. Why, why is that? What's going on there? Um, it, There's been a recent boom too in Japanese before. It wasn't always, always like that. But the OG cards, I will say, you know, again, the OG cards, the Japanese OGs, they, uh, they've always kind of had that. And I never really knew about it because I just got into Japanese a couple, you know, last year or whatever. Yeah. Um, but the reason Japanese are so, the print quality is typically better than American prints. Um, people like, when you see the waifus and stuff, that's kind of like the anime, you know, the, the girls and stuff or the guy foos is what they call them for the guys. And people like those cards now more specific than, than specifically the characters than the Blazikins or the Pokemon. So yeah. now that that hype's kind of come up, it's kind of just like the Japanese look cooler. We like the aesthetic and the print qualities. Typically is, is the reverse happening over in like it's in Japan or they are American cards more sought after because they're not seeing them as much or like in a sense. It, yeah, that, that happens as well. I'll say that happens as well, but it's still the Japanese cards. That's where the, it's where it comes from, you know, too. So I think that's kind of just plays the homage to, I want to collect the Japanese cards because there's some people that just, they don't care. I just want English cards. I don't, I can't read Japanese. I don't like it. I don't want it. So you have <laughs> just that diversified mix. of uh, Yeah. Of that. Now you touched on grading. Now I know. So I had another conversation with uh, another person in the hobby, Kendra, and she opens a lot of um, magic cards. But mm-hmm. what she's found is with magic cards, you grade them, but some they don't necessarily sell as high because people usually like to play them. Yes. So if you have a very rare one, so is that similar with Pokemon, or is that different? How does that how does that work out? People will buy double <laughs> and play the double <laughs> and keep the separate one for the collection. Typically, sure. I feel like that's how that goes. I don't think anybody's. And then the thing is, too, with Pokemon, you can't play with these older sets. You can't yeah. play with anymore. They yeah. become okay. outdated out of the metas and you just can't. It's not legal to play because the meta updates. There's different things, you know, like Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm sure there's like a lot. There's, they have a banned card list, but most of the old cards you can still play in decks and you can still use them with Pokemon. Uh, now they have at the bottom here, you see like this Eevee. I don't know if you can see it on here. Let me see if I can. You'll see a little letter. It'll be like H G E G F. Yeah, is a B. So B is an way older set. This card is not playable anymore. So now I think the the new rotation is a uh, uh, G F H. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm looking at a G right now. So I think okay. you're definitely right with gotcha. G. So yeah. it sounds like almost you know generations of these cards kind of get retired almost, and over time, I guess you see them less frequently. So therefore, maybe you are getting some layer of kind of organic scarcity in there as you're just not yes. seeing these yeah okay. yeah like you like okay. you know people there's still probably some fossil packs out there they go for like four five six hundred dollars for and that's the other thing too sealed i tell people this all the time people hate them hate that i say this and they don't like to do it <laughs> buy the sealed product that yeah. old school vintage sealed product is worth more half the time on the unless you pull that charizard or that one hit it's almost not even worth opening 
because the well, we saw this in the uh, the Ken Golden show on Netflix. He and uh, what's the fighter's name? I just blanked on his name. Opened two boxes, and I think the first one they opened was a complete dud. And they said it was thousands of dollars. I can't remember what the price point of the box was at that point, but there was hardly anything in it. And which yeah. that's typically what happens when I open hobby boxes. So like I was fully right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's one of those risk factors because if you pull the Charizard and it grades a ten, could be a half a million dollar card. You know what I mean? It could be that three hundred thousand dollar price point that's but that's what you're chasing for base set first edition shadowless so then the first edition shadowless box which is the very first print run then you have the first edition shadow box it's like in the corner of the edge of the car this is an og charge okay this gengar so with this gengar if you look at the corner you see this like purple kind of shadow and the text is very thick red i have some shadowless cards i just gotta i gotta find them but um the og ones don't have that thick red print and they're the they're like shadowless so they're worth more because it was the first print run of Pokemon through Wizards of the Coast. Um, and then you have the second run and then the third and print and so, yeah, so on and so, so forth. Interesting. So if I, yeah. if I was going to go out and buy some Pokemon right now, what, what do I buy? Right now, 151. 151. Go get 151. some 150. How go much is 151 some... running? Um, the ETBs are out 50 bucks. Nine packs you get in them. So... All right. Speak. Speaking of 151 pod, real quick. So I just opened some. So I need you to tell me how okay. I did. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Let me see what you got. Let me see what you got. I'll show you what I pulled out of there. Because we pulled so, some bangers. So I got uh, a Blastoise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a co- it's like the common rare. That's the common okay. rare. I did common get, rare. I don't even know. Did what that get Erica's invitation. Oh, that's one of the top. That's the top. That's one of the top chases. The wife. That's what. I, that's what I heard. Yeah. My chat. My chat went crazy when this one got pulled, and they were like, yeah. "Oh, you you got one of them." I got this one is one of my favorite. Oh, that's the sick. Yeah, that's the, the one. This, though, is the, right? this is the top. Yeah, this is the top chase card. And that's why people like Pokemon again now because the artwork on it. Artwork is great. It's awesome. Yeah. It looks it, it looks awesome. great. It looks amazing. Like, like this artwork on this uh on this Charmander. Beautiful Charmander. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like I'm yeah. grading that card no matter what. Yeah. I have yeah. plans on even selling it. So I got and that got and the, then um I'll show you this. That's awesome. EX. And then this one too. Little... I, I'm gonna go buy a box. I'm gonna do it. Look, I'm gonna commit. Look, so so down here below at the bottom, you see those two golden stars. Yeah. That tells you the rarity right there. So the two golden stars are the below the the ultra rare. So What's the, the ultra rare? What's the ultra, ultra rare? rare? Are the gold cards. Got it. So they're the gold, all gold foil cards. So there's a mute. There's only three of them. Most sets only have two or three of the gold cards. So yeah, um, you have a mute. Which honestly, too, the other thing is, it's crazy. These are typically worth more than the gold cards, and they're harder the gold card because, again, this artwork, the the nostalgia, the gold cards. It's like a, a trainer card, which is switch, a psychic energy card, and then a mew. The Muse is probably worth the most. The energy card, I mean, nobody cares about energy cards. Like, it's just not. So maybe yeah. if they made this into a gold card, or but they just don't. So um, I feel good. I feel good about some of these then. I'm I'm, I'm good. All right, I'm going to go get a box. I'm going to do is it. Is there a card out of the 151 that you, that may not be worth as much, but you really like the art on right now? I like these, the Pokemon Stadium, I call them. Pokemon okay. cards from the, I don't know if you ever played the 64 game Pokemon Stadium. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. They were like the 3D kind of. This is what this pays homage to, in my opinion. Awesome. I don't know if that exactly, but it, they look just like them. So I really yeah. like these cards. But if we have a card that's really not worth that much, let me see. I'll pull, I'll pull one out real quick. Let's see. That's really not worth that much. But I like. I love, I love it. I love Mew. And we're on the we're on the pod right now. So what which is going on is is Poppy actually has a binder full of these 151 full cards, binder. which is amazing <laughs> to see him flip through. That Mew Mew is actually my only PC of Pokemon really? cards. I love okay. I love Mew. Mew's Mew's the man. His artwork is always so legit on all this stuff. Yeah, and then also I'll say because I love Bulbasaur. 
because people like Charmander and stuff. I love Bulbasaur. The promo cards from the poster collection. Okay. It's one of the promo cards you get only in the poster collection. Um, then they have like GameStop. Like right now, they I didn't even know this because there's so much going on in Pokemon. But they have a GameStop and a Best Buy exclusive. So if you go and buy 151 at GameStop or Best Buy, they give you a promo card. No way. And that's another, that adds to the rarity. So imagine if you didn't know that now, a year or two from now, people want the full set. And it's like, oh, wait, there's promos that, I, yeah. that only came from GameStop. They on, there was only a limited supply of those. That's another way to get the, the rarer cards as well. This is, this love- is incredibly helpful because, I, I mean, I know Stock, you buy some of this. I, I have not. I, I did. I was big into the Pokemon game for Game Boy back in the day. So, like, I just yeah. have not gotten into the cards. And I will admit, though, I did have an old. I had some cards when I was like in middle school, probably yeah. no idea where they are. So I need to try to find them, but <laughs> good luck. Good luck with I, that. That's I amazing. do have a question here though, is, is we're thinking about just like content and I know the three of us create a lot of content on Instagram, just like asking this question to people who are, who are on the podcast with us is just kind of where you see your content going. So thinking about kind of your evolution, a stock mentioned it, you know, I think a lot of us start with just taking pictures of cards and then all yeah. of a sudden you start appearing on screen and then it's yeah. like that, 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 now you're dancing and doing interviews. Where, where do you see kind of content, hobby content going, especially with Pokemon? I mean, it, is it, I feel like what you're doing is so unique to what I typically see. I mean, what are you seeing in terms of trends, especially on the Pokemon side? Um, do you feel as far as my content or just content in general? Let's, let's make it a two part question. We'll look okay. at both. Okay. Uh, content in general, there always be people just want to see the cars. They just want to see the art. They just want to enjoy that side of the hobby and not really faces or, people maybe involved with that and i see some people doing some really cool videos and reels they might add some stuff from the anime from the newer pokemon show and then dive into the card so it's not just showing the card then it'll come out on like a 360 spin um shout out to my guy dream mecca and um and inukai they do a lot of cool stuff but um as far as it goes with that people love watching the live stream video games and people playing them on twitch playing the new games there's new hacked games or whatever that people create playing the vgc um, and like I said, I think just showing off the cards in general, there's, I see Yu-Gi-Oh for a big one. Cause I, I follow a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh influencers. They do a lot of the really skitty, funny stuff. So they'll be like, what it's like bringing this deck to a tournament, what people feel like, because people, everybody knows what this meta is. They know what the deck does, what it, and they're like toxic players or whatever. So they'll kind of exemplify on that. They kind of dive into a, a way deeper side of their hobby. And I think Pokemon could, could reach onto that too. I just haven't seen as much. Most people, it's just cards and collecting. That's why for me, sometimes I feel like I kind of cross that borderline. And, I, and my you brand... Know, you my bridge new, that gap between yeah. the two worlds, I think, really well. Yeah, and my new logo now exemplifies what I do is collecting crypto, talking about NFTs, and showing people the new side of collecting in the hobby because that's something really advanced. I have comic books, Marvel comic books, and in, in, you know that are licensed by Marvel and DC, and they're NFTs, and you can read yeah. through them on your phone. It looks really cool, but you know, sneaker hobby, the coin, the, the money hobby, cards, uh, you know, toys, design. I'm getting into designs now, designer clothes, designer toys. So I just want, for me, I want to bridge all the hobbies together and show we're all kind of the same. We like to collect what we like, but we all do kind of the same, even the video game stuff. That's something that's new in, in the VHSs, DVDs. Uh, but as far as the future of content, I think people have to definitely think outside the box. And I see some people doing it in, in more anime ways and doing stuff like that, but not necessarily with cards on uh on the Pokemon side. But for me, I really think uh, I just want to bridge that gap where I make content. And then sometimes you don't see a card, but you know, that's involved within what we're doing, what we're talking. That's why I do the interviews and other things and other funny skits to kind of just 
live life you know at the end of the day like we are collectors but we do have lives outside of ourselves i love showing like oh yeah you're a card collector but you're also a doctor or you do whatever you do data mining whatever it is you do like because we're more we're bigger than just this this is a big side and people do want to come here and enjoy that side of it too so learning to bridge all those gaps together and just figuring out that fine line yeah yeah i think you said that well it's funny because i i think about kind of the role of content in the hobby and where it's going and i think stock and i talk about this a lot because i think there's a lot of kind of recycling hobby news yeah yeah and i think the three of us i I feel like have all kind of tried to push away from that as much as we can um and i think we stock i think you and i have very different types of content but there's also like we're both kind of satirical like i I don't know like hobby scenarios almost yeah yeah i'm I'm for sure i love it i'm very self-deprecating on a lot of stuff too like i I think it's it's if you can't make fun of yourself, I don't know what 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 you're, yeah. what you, you know is going on. So I'm very happy to do that. But I, that's why I gravitate towards all three of us style of content because it's always it's very it's very light. It's funny. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to argue. Listen, I could have gotten into a million arguments with people on Instagram over content, but I have no oh, time yeah. for that. Yeah, and want yeah, and want none of it. You know, yeah. it's like it's just not my thing. So I think how are you going to argue when you see Poppy jump into the screen, do a little hip wiggle, and then stick a, <laughs> you know, stick a uh, stuffed animal in someone's face? There's no you can't be mad about that. But, I think that. Go ahead, Poppy. And I think that goes back to culture too. You know what I mean? Just being expressive in my like I'm, I have Latino culture, so we're very vibrant. You go come around my family, we're hugging. We're, you know, we're very loving. So I've always been, so I'm like, I see some people when I'm in the hobby and I'm like, what's up? Like, I'm a hugger. I'm going to hug you, hug your neck. I don't care what you are, what you, I'm going to hug you and be like, Hey, what's up, man. Or, you know, I feel some people, some people are just like, yeah, we'll, we'll shake hands. And we'll, but I'm like, it's all love, man. I think it's just coming back to that. Now you, you touched on it and I was, I'm still into it and I don't talk about it as much because it's just not a huge part of the hobby at the moment because it's died down, but NFTs, I've, I've, I jumped into them early. I, I sold some, kept a lot that I really yep. enjoy. What are some of your top NFTs that you that you really enjoy right now and why? Zed Run. I don't know if you heard of Zed Run. Horse yeah, the horse racing. racing. Great yeah, one. Yeah, I got in that pretty early. So it's just cool to see how it's evolving, how that whole concept of breeding horses. I mean, NASCAR got behind them. Like yeah. Big brands got behind these things. I also invested into Flow, uh, Token Flow Space. So NBA Top Shot, NFL All Day um what's the other one uh candy digital gary v was kind of invested in that a little bit too i wish i would have got into v friends and a few other ones uh but i just i understand and vv i don't know if you heard of vv it's an app on your phone quid collectibles and i was on quid like in middle school high school i was on that a lot but it it wasn't nfts then it was just collectibles you know you had the rick and morty's they were all licensed digitals i was like oh this is fun and cool to collect i get funko pops on my phone i can go look at later and i don't have to bombard my house full of this and some people that's a little but i also see hot wheels in the way um their their new uh, blockchain there's hot wheels a couple other core and you actually own the hot wheels and you also own the nft so you can burn it redeem the, the actual hot wheel and they have like a there's a lot of real world use cases you can use and it the, all nft and crypto is is a digital stamp to say that you own this this came from the creator you can go back and trace that versus i just sell something on redbubble and nobody knows where it came from. There's no licensing. There's no, yeah. you know, there's no way of digital signature to understand. And people, once people understand the technology a little bit more and shy away from just knowing what they know in the news of Bitcoin, of other things. Yeah. And what's crazy to me is I learned about crypto. I, I was in Bitcoin. I remember my, I'll never forget. I was, what was it, 10th, 11th grader. Maybe it's 12th grade. Guy, this, this guy in class, quiet nerd guy. One of my cool friends, though, really cool guy. He was like, I'm mining Bitcoin out of nowhere. We were just in math class. And he was like, what's up? This was before news. It was probably like 
$30 a token, $1 a coin, whatever. <laughs> Way early. He's like, I'm mining Bitcoin. He's like, look it up. And I looked it up everywhere. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. He's like, you got to dig deeper. And I'm like, I understand what any of this stuff, man. I'm like, bro, you're crazy, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. And then like maybe a year later, that's when uh, I heard about Bitcoin and Litecoin had just came out. Or Ethereum. He, he called you from his yacht to tell you about it. <laughs> bro, I, 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 I want to hear from this guy. I haven't heard from him in, in a long, so I don't know where he's at or what he's doing. I'm sure he's probably either sold it all or kept it and he's a million. I don't know, but um, that's what got me first introduced. So me and uh, a Bando were kind of first into Bitcoin and stuff, but we never really did anything with it. We held it, it crashed, and we we're like, "Oh, this was just a waste of time." And if we would have held our Bitcoin though, too, it would have been. <laughs> I I don't know if I would be on this podcast. Man. Yeah, you're like podcast. <laughs> we'd, we'd be booking you through your assistant and probably we're multiple also, layers of assistance. See, <laughs> see, I never want to get to that point though. Even I don't care how, if I get, become a Mark Wahlberg or whatever. I want to be able to still come to Mac and be like, "All right, Mac, let's do a podcast." Let's it's it's funny you said. So I have the a quick uh, Bitcoin story. So back in 07, something yeah. like that. Uh, I'm 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 an actor. I've I've done okay, acting, well, commercial stuff like that. And San Francisco, I was in San Francisco when I first started, and somebody said, "Hey, we want to bring you on to do this job." I forget what job it was, but we want to pay you in this new thing called Bitcoin. And I was like, "Huh?" And they're like, "Yeah, we'll give you twelve hundred Bitcoin because it was." I think they were like, you know, they they were like r- roughly right around just under a dollar. And I was just like, "Bit Bitcoin? What the hell am I going to do with this?" I was like, "Just pay me in cash." And they're like, "Higher." Like, okay, we'll write you a check for whatever. And now to this day, like if I had had 1200 Bitcoin. <laughs> bro, you, bro, Bill, like Bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Different. Excuse yeah. me while I take my Learjet to the National next year. <laughs> it's still like to this day, one of the crappiest things that like I was just so unknowledgeable yeah. of the situation. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I think everybody's got that horror story too. With, and the, the, the what brought me back in was actually TikTok. When I was doing my eBay collectible stuff, uh, everybody kept saying, you know, I'm like, oh, let me, try, like, you know, I can put this content on TikTok and start doing skits and stuff. I think that would be fun. Everybody was like, TikTok's the garbage in China and, and it's, it's lame. It's for kids. And, the, and I've learned now, like, you want to be a great Michael Jordan? You want to be a Kobe? Jordan wasn't supposed to wear those, M- those shoes on the NBA floor. From the NBA told him not to do something. And he I love that story. It. And that's perseverance. And I've learned you can't listen to what the 99% say if you want to be the 1%. You just you can't you have to stray away from everybody's ideals. People tell me the time you should take that down or you should I'm like no, I'm gonna leave it up. I, what, like at the end of the day, it's it is if if a brand doesn't want to work with me, if if something doesn't want to work out, I feel like what I've learned in life is things that are for me, I stop fighting. I stop fighting with my circle of friends. I stop fighting with business ideas and trying to like oh is is this a popular opinion? I just stray away from that as far as I can. I don't want to do anything like a celebrity. I don't want to do anything like anybody else has ever done. Cause then I'll be just like everybody else. And nobody really understands that until they finally get into this realm of content creating and doing things. You have to stand out. You have to be a little outlandish. You have to build your persona. You have to build. And the only way that comes from that is being your true authentic self. And so if you get called, whatever you get called, whatever. And the people that are for you will be right there next to you, supporting you. And that's, what's been happening the whole time. I don't have to fight for a deal. I don't have to fight for a contract or fight to be somewhere with somebody. It just comes naturally and it's just love. And that's, that's all you need. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's like I said, it's it's. I think it's easy for easier for people to offer you those things because they know what they're getting too. You know, it's like no one's no one's guessing what they're getting with PSA Poppy. You're like, no, no, no. This (laughs) this is what we're getting is someone that's gonna you know be you know putting our brand face forward for whatever reason. So exactly, it works out really really well. And, and, And real quick, Mac, I think I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I feel like 
you would have enjoyed NBA Top Shot if you hadn't yes. if you had jumped into like I love it. I still yeah. have a bunch of a bunch of ones that I didn't sell. Yep. But it was an NFT for for NBA and it was licensed, had some great stuff. It's really cool. I heard about it. I don't think I ever actually I need to check it out. Yeah. It's literally just like highlight moments from different players. So Kobe or oh, that's Michael, right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just little clips. And so they're numbered out of sometimes they're like a hundred thousand or whatever they are. But there's rare moments, there's secret rare moments. It's just collecting, but just which makes it really cool because you just own that moment of somebody doing a great dunk or a great pass or whatever, or even like uh, NFL, same thing. And then I think they're trying to, they got UFC coming in really soon. Also, uh, Dr. Seuss, the Seussables. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, the Seussables one is it? I've got a couple of. It's really funny. I think you did all the same things I did, minus like when I have like beef, I have all this stuff that I just started collecting and keeping in my my ecosystem of stuff and recently uh, i posted something about it mac about the patrick mahomes nft that he did through uh it was a place called maker's place so he dropped an makers, nft yeah, yeah oh really he dropped, okay he, like a couple years ago i bought it i bought one of the the lower end ones and i was like i'm just keeping it like i yeah. just want this and just recently they came out and said hey if you own this nft what we're doing is we're dropping a new mint of you're the, you're going to get a tangible card with the opportunity to have numbered autos from Patrick Mahomes. And you get, uh, if you own the NFT, you actually will get an opportunity with that, with the card that you own as an NFT. So now they're sending me gotcha. a card of the NFT that I own and, you know, minting a bunch of other stuff. So this, they're fine. I think everyone's kind of figuring this yeah. whole new world out of like, we can't just be here. We need to give people what they want in this tangible world as well. But yeah, it's Coachella. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Matt. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think the, I think the companies like arena club, all those yep. that are allowing kind of the online trading and like now, I guess eBay now with the whole vaulting, I think that's normalizing this whole idea of, Hey, I don't have to have this asset in my hands. This idea that it becomes kind of digitized and we can have digital transactions. I think in 10 years from now, NFTs are going to come back around in a much different way. Yeah. And right now it's it's really early. It's it's super. That's why I say tell people like I, you have to be very cautious. You got to understand. I went through a lot of trials. I'm sure Adrian can say the same thing. Went yeah, through a lot sure. of trials of understanding and learning. Like I said, TikTok. I got into Safe Moon. It was an asset, crypto asset. You can make a crypto. Anybody right now, one of us can make a a Mac coin, a PSA Poppy coin, and you can create a whole community diversified. And you would have to again create incentives, create things. It's it's a whole process. And there's ways of using the digital assets. But anyways, got in the safe moon, put $200 in. I was like, whatever, I might lose it. Came back and a month later, it was like 8K. Like I just yeah. wanted to go up to 8K. And I'm not saying that's every crypto is going to do that. I'm not saying every NFT is going to do that. It's, you're not always going to get your triple X. But I see a lot of safer investments. And there's safer ways to invest in the stable coins and put them into farms, yield to liquidity that bring you money that would be more than a savings account in a bank. And you're not losing it's not going up and down because it's one-to-one with the U.S. dollar. It's one-to-one with uh, the world currency. So you would never lose that money. It would just sit in a vault and sit in a bank and kind of grow. And once, like I said, once you learn the safer sides of crypto and actually understanding the technology, I think it'll bring a lot of greatness to Web3. So I agree. I think Web3 is just, it, it, I'm ready. Hopefully, like I said, it doesn't take the 10, but five to 10 years from now when people are slowly yeah. realizing how this can all benefit everyone in one way, shape, or form will be an interesting world but i'm i'm here for it <laughs> super yeah, into yeah. it I, I I think the dot just, com. yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're definitely they're related for sure and it, it's going to be the evolution of where it's all going yeah, yeah. that Absolutely. internet will never take off the, <laughs> well, that's the internet. <laughs> internet's not going anywhere you don't need a website yeah <laughs> i got i got encyclopedias <laughs> exactly yeah and it's you know it's it's a lot of 
like I said, again, the people learning to change because people don't like it. People, a lot of people really don't like change. They like to keep things the same forever and just nothing's been the same forever. Well, I mean, even just think about collecting right now. There's still a lot of people, we saw them at the National, who come to the National, still have their spreadsheet of all the items they want, and they they still collect in binders, and they want to have everything in their hands. And even today, you've got some people that use stuff, you know, systems like Alt, and it's all pretty much digital at this point. And I... That's current. So just think about where it's going to be in five to 10 years. So I just think it's, it's organic the way it's all going to be happening, but for sure. And then no transaction fee or, you know, low transaction, low transaction. fees. Yeah. I can send stuff right now across the country with no Western union fees and all this crazy currency exchange. It's all one curse. So it'll, it'll create a, uh, you know, it's just, what a, what a conversation we've hit everything today. I feel like this has been great, man. I I really like this and it's, it's been a, it's a wonderful conversation. Yeah. Well, I guess as we, as we wrap up Poppy, we'd like to give people the chance to kind of share a little bit. Where should someone go if they want to connect with you or learn more about what you're doing? Where should we Uh, send Everywhere at PSA Poppy. Uh, You can go on my link tree. Uh, We're on eBay, uh, Twitch, got a website now. The website's up PSAPoppy.com. And and Poppy is P-A-P-I-I, correct? Yep. Two I's, two I's. P-S-A-P-A-P-I-I, two I's on the end. Awesome. Well, this has been great, man. I, I really appreciate you being on here. Love the conversation. Definitely need to do it again at some point, but yeah, uh, man, I can't down, thank you right enough man. for being on here. For yeah, sure, thanks again, sure. man. It was oh, a pleasure finally getting a chance to, to meet and chat with you as well. Of course, as... man. We got to do some reels when we finally meet up face-to-face. Are you, any shows you guys are going to in the future that you know of? You were going in one recently. Oh, Max I'm, Yeah, I'm going to, to Ohio this coming week, and then uh, Culture Collision probably. And... Yes. Yeah, anyway. I think Culture Collision probably. See okay. you. Yeah, I'll definitely be. I've told myself I'm definitely going to the national uh, this this next yes. year. So that may be the only time I catch up with a lot of people from all over the place. But uh, it's a lot, yeah. man. It's a lot there. I tried to see some people. You just can't. Some you got to like call people and be like, meet me here, because as soon as people see something else, they're running over here this next move. So yeah, shiny that's, object, that's, shiny object. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah. So cool, man. I'm looking forward to meeting you and everyone else that we're meeting through this uh, this lovely hobby in person. You know, it'll be great. Of course, man. So awesome. I appreciate you, that. man. Right. Love you guys. Later. Talk to you soon. I love you. God loves you. The hobby loves you. Let's make it happen, guys. 2024 is our year. Let's do it. All right, All right guys. It,